Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Children of God, as you are sitting down, I want you to quickly render this prayer. I want you to pray for Nigeria. An election is going to take place tomorrow in Nigeria. And um, God who has been seeing us through, through so many political turbulence in that nation. I want you to pray to God that God should intervene. As he has done in the past, he should do more than that in that nation. Continue to pray. In Jesus name, Father, we decree, Lord, that that election that is coming, Lord, that you will take control in the mighty name of Jesus. That it will be violent free in the mighty name of Jesus. That everyone that are going to participate, you will take glory and it will be to your honor in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. As you are sitting down, you tell God, God, speak your word into my life today. Come and talk to me yourself. Let the message of today touch my life. Begin to tell God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. It is time for us to hear your word. Come and speak your word into our life yourself. Use your word to glorify yourself in our life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Children of God, I welcome you to your father's house. Amen. This is your father's house. And I pray that today's service is going to make a difference, a huge difference in your life, in Jesus' name. Amen. As you have heard, last week we were told about humbling, to humble ourselves. And surprisingly today, the promise of week, as mentioned in the book of uh, Isaiah 57, 15b, it says, I dwell in the high and holy place. With him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. This is a sign that today's message is for you and me. As last week's message has introduced to us why we should humble ourselves. One day, there was a young pastor. This young pastor, he knows how to tell stories to children. And the Church authority have seen that potential in him. So they decided to put him in, in charge of the children. So this pastor, every, um, every Sunday, he used to tell the children so many stories. So children are always eager to know what he's going to say. They are always eager to know the next story. So on this particular Sunday, he was telling them that uh, about sheep. That sheep are not so clever like goats. That they go to where they can be armed. So he was telling them that because they were not so clever, they need a shepherd to guide them. That every time the shepherd used to guide them, that if you see them physically, sometimes you see, even the shepherd will use dog 
to alert him in case there is any wild animal. So, the, the preacher was telling the children. So, they were all listening to him. Then he told the children that if you children are the sheep that need this care, then who is the shepherd? He asked them, who is the shepherd? Then the children, there was a silence in, the, in, the, in, in, in that room. He asked them again, you are the sheep. Who is the shepherd? Then one boy stood up and said, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the shepherd. He was surprised. He said, then, who am I? The boy said, I don't know. Maybe you are the sheep dog. <laughs> you see, in his heart, he's having, the, he, he, he's having pride in him. He did not humble himself. He wants to show the children that he is the shepherd. But he was caught unaware that the true shepherd is what? Is who? Jesus Christ. Brethren, um, can we open our Bible to the Proverbs 16? Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Verse 18, yes. Verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. Praise the Lord. That is our title for today. Pride go before destruction. So if you look at last week, we were, we were told about humbling ourselves. Again this morning, the promise of the week also, talking about where God dwells, where you humble yourself. So the title of our topic today is Pride Goeth Before Destruction. And today we will be looking at one king, one of the Israel king, um, that is in the scripture, is Second Chronicle 26. Brethren, I want you to listen to this story, because we are going to read everything from verse 1 to the end. So, listen to this story, then we will speak more about it later. Two Chronicles. Chapter 26, verses 1 to 23. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah. After that, the king slept with his fathers. 16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign. And he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was also Jecholiah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines, break down the wall of Gath, and the wall of Jabne, and the wall of Ashdod, and built cities about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines, 
and against the Arabians that dwelt in Gurbaal and the Mehul nims. And the Ammonites gave gifts to Hosea, and his name spread abroad, even to the entering in of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. Moreover, Hosea built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, and at the valley gate, and at the turning of the wall, and fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert, and digged many wells, for he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains. Husbandmen also, and wine dressers in the mountains, and in the Carmel, for he loved husbandry. Moreover, Hosea had an host of fighting men that went out to war by bands, according to the number of their count, by the hand of Zeel, the scribe of Maasiah, the ruler under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were two thousand and six hundred. And under their hand was an army, three hundred thousand and seven thousand and five hundred, that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host shields and spears and helmets and habergeons and bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord his God, and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah, the priest, went in after him, and with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king, and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed. Neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. Then Hosea was wroth, and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. While he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy even rose up his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord, from beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead. And they thrust him out from thence. Yea, himself hasted also to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah, the king, was a leper unto the day of his death, and dwelt in a several house, being a leper. For he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, first and last, did Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, write. So Uzziah slept with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the field of the burial which belonged to the kings. For they said, He is a leper. And Jotham his son reigned in his stead. 
Hallelujah. I think we have heard the story. And uh, if we think about that story, we have seen that uh, he was a great man. But something led to one another and uh, he perished. I pray we will not perish in Jesus' name. Uh, the story I told you before, I don't really think the preacher himself is trying to equal himself to God. He was just trying to tell the children that he is the shepherd that is guiding them, that is at least taking care of them. But he was surprised with the response of the children. But in this story that we have just read now, it's a two different thing. The king himself thought that he was very close to God. That he's free to do whatever he likes to do. That he's free to do whatever he wants to do. And no one could study him. King Uzziah had the opportunity to be one of the greatest kings in Israel history. If you look at the book of uh, that same chronicle, verse 3 to 5, it says, Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. Okay, if we jump down, they mention his mother's name. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought Lord, God gave him success. That king was very, very successful. And how was he successful? Let's just look at that first. How was he successful? He was a, he was a successful king as a builder. If you look at verse 6, 9 to 10. These verses tell us that uh, about Uzziah's prosperity in the area of domestic affairs. He was loved by his people. His people really love him. He built tower in Jerusalem and at the corner gate. And at the valley gate also, he built wall and fortified them. So they, they, that, that means, security wise, his people were saved. So he was also, he also built tower in the desert and dug a number of wells. In low country. In the desert, he dug so many wells. Why do we say that? Last time when I was here, I was telling you that the greatest offense in desert is for you to see water in desert and keep quiet. But this king, he was able to dug so many wells for people. Not just for him alone, how many water is he going to use? But he dug so many wells there. And in the plain also, he had a lot of cattle. And people are working for him. With his livestock, he has vineyard. We can say he's a farmer. Because he has all those things that, as we have mentioned in the, in the um, scripture that we read. We can also conclude that if you look at the terrain of this area, you, we can conclude that he provided irrigation for his crops because he was very successful. So he was very successful domestically. Because with all these things that he had, 
It means his people will not lack anything. There will be abundant food. Milk and so on. So he, he was very successful in that area. And he was a successful military leader as well. Verses 6 to 8 mention this. About his success. Because one, it was he who finally conquered Israel's arch enemy. That is, the Philistine. He had a huge of army. I hope we take note of that when that was read. 307,000. Not just ordinary army. Highly trained and well equipped fighting men. That is what this king, that's what he had. And not just that, not, the, not just the number, his army were outfitted with shield and spear, helmet, body armor, bows and sling. We haven't seen a king that achieved both riches and military victory like King Uzzah. If you look at verses 14 to 15, brother, Verses 14 to 15. And Hosea prepared for them throughout all the hosts, shields and spears and helmets and habergeons and bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. We can say that technologically this king was very good. Because his military mighty was so formidable, he developed a new catapult. Catapult techniques that made him a great threat to his enemy. So technologically, in the area of technology, he was very successful. He made this machine upon them, the tower, the tower that he built. He made the machine there. We can look into that to what is happening today with the warfare. So if as at that time he was able to do this, he was very, very successful. He was very successful. So because he, he made this machine and put them upon the tower of the world, of his city, to shoot arrows and great stones than upon an enemy. Today in the old world, before any country decides that he wants to attack America, he will think twice. And I'm sure even during that time, before anyone could say, I'm going to fight King Uzziah, he will think twice. Because of the military capability that he had. His kingdom and influence expanded his fame. As far as Egypt and the Amorite to the east, they paid him tribute. In the part of the world where I came from, in the olden days, all these, uh, the neighboring town have to, the villages, they have to pay tribute to the king every year. And when they are doing this, they are going with cash crops, food crops, money. They are going to give the king, the parliament ruler of that area. So, we can compare the same thing here. Those kings, the, the people that surround him, they are paying him tribute. That means they fear him. If you, if you don't pay your, 
let's say tithe. If you don't pay your own tithe, you are in trouble. He can decide to rise up against you and fight you. Praise the Lord. But why was he so successful? That is the question I want us to ask ourselves. Why? And the answer is in verse 5. The answer to that, that is the key verse. Why he was so successful? Verse 5. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. You see? Something was used twice. Sought. He sought God in the day of Zechariah. And again, the conclusion, as far as he sought God, God made him prosper. You can see what God is doing in his life. God made him to prosper. Because of what? Because he sought for God. Today, you also can be more uh, prosperous if you look for God, if you seek God. The Bible says, seek, you will find. And when you knock, it will be open for you. It's not limited to this king Uzzah. You can as well look for God. Seek for him. So where are those areas that you feel that, yes, you need to look for God? I'm not saying you should seek for God to fight your neighbor. No. Or to, to maybe to, to challenge your rival in the office or whosoever in your office. No. You have to seek for God for that place that you thought that, yes, you need assistance. Pastor cannot do it for you. Pastor will not know where you need assistance. It is you yourself that know where you need assistance. King Uzziah know he knew where he, he required this assistance. Then he sought for God in his days, and God made him to prosper. Uzziah had the opportunity to become, yeah, as I said, one of the greatest kings. But something went wrong somewhere. There are three important things that King Uzziah didn't realize. To him, whatever he wants, God does it for him. Whatever he requires, God gives it to him. So he has believed that there is nothing he wants that he, he, he will not get. There is nothing that he wanted to do that he will not do it. So something went wrong. And there are, like I said, three things that... King Uzziah didn't take note of off. The first one is God desire. God desire. In our life also, we need to know God desire for us. The God purpose for us. Or what God wants. What is the requirement that God wants you and I to do? Praise the Lord. If, let's open our Bible to the first Psalm. First Samuel. Verse 15, chapter 15, verse 22. First Samuel, and Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Praise the Lord. To obey is better than sacrifice. What you need is obedience. King Uzziah lacked that. 
at a particular level, not at the beginning. He was doing well at the beginning. When he now thought that, yes, I've arrived. I can do anything, I can do this, I can do that. So, he didn't understand the desire of God for obedience. In fact, our worship is worthless if we don't obey God. You have come here to pray to God, you have come here to worship God. It's worthless if obedience is taken away from it. Obedience is our first act of worship. We need to desire the obedience. We have to obey God. Not just in one part, in every area. We have to allow the, that obedience to sink into our hearts. That in our closet, if we are doing something, something will remind us that this is against God. And I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Number two, God hates pride, prideful heart. You can hear what uh, the, the province of the weak. God will never dwell in the heart of someone that is very proud. If you are too proud, God will never come closer to you. God hates a prideful heart. He doesn't require us to think of ourselves as nothing. But He wants us to think of ourselves in a proper relationship to Him. Don't condemn yourself. Don't condemn yourself. But you have to relate everything to God. You need to relate everything to God. Proverbs 26, 12 says, there is more hope for a fool than someone wise in his own eyes. i tell you a, a story. Somebody, a man went to doctor and said that, uh, doctor, each time I speak, everybody used to show me, they are trying to avoid me, that I don't know why. Oh, the doctor said, okay, sit down. Let us talk about this. The doctor said, in the beginning, before doctor could finish his statement, he said, in the beginning God created heaven and earth. He started saying all sorts of things that God, uh, the doctor did not ask him. So he, he thinks to know everything. Doctor now said, okay, I now understand your problem. That is why people show you, when you speak to people, you don't listen to, their opinion doesn't count. Brethren, when you speak, either in your office or somewhere, even your children, their opinion also can't. If you don't allow the opinions of others, that is part of pride. You need to allow the opinion of others. Quickly, let's move faster. Um, King Uzziah, as we are saying. I said three things, but uh, I stop at two for now. Pride seems to be one of the things God hates most. Proverbs 15 tells us, The Lord is said, Be proud of heart. God will not dwell where there is pride. Brethren, let us know this. Let us realize this. When I say, whenever I mention someone being proud, it doesn't mean that we cannot be proud of something. We can you can be proud of your children. You can be proud of your job. You can be proud of your achievement. But 
you need to relate it to God. Because whatever you receive, you are receiving it from God. Your spouse is a gift from God. You can't be proud of your spouse. That, yes, that is my wife. That is my husband. To God be the glory. He's doing excellently well. She's doing excellently well. You can be proud of your children in their achievement, in their academics. But don't think that it's because you have chosen the best school for them. No. There are a lot of children that are going to best school. Still, they cannot compete with others in public school. So, you need to, you can as well be proud of what you have. But don't allow it to overwhelm you. And you begin to see yourself as a special person. That maybe your case is different. Your case is not different from somebody walking on the road that doesn't have a car. For the data, you have more than two, three cars does not mean that that person has offended God. It's a gift that you have received from God. Please recognize this and don't allow them to go into your life and you begin to proud. Most of the things that we have, we might not deserve it, but because of the grace of God in our life, that is why we have all the achievements that we have made. So like I said, always remember that everything you have is from God. Your children are a gift from God. Your life itself, being waking up, is a gift from God. A lot of people slept yesterday. This morning they didn't wake up. They were not sick. So, we are privileged to be alive. Praise the Lord. The problem with the proud people is that they believe that whatever they have, they deserve it. I was going through nets yesterday in the office. Then I, I saw something there and I, I said, okay, I'm going to share it with uh, Preden this morning. So, I'm, I'm going to share it with you people. That... Um, Praise the Lord. I can't find it now, but I'll... See, when you have bread, don't be too proud of it. When you have bread. Because somebody is having bakery. Yes. Someone is having bakery. And if you think your, your salary is too fat, you have money in the bank. Don't forget that your bank account... It's a tight of somebody. Yeah. It's tight for someone. So whatever you achieve today, don't think that, yes, it's me. No. It's never like that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God will help us in Jesus' name. So, if you look at King Uzziah, his achievements have come over him. Then he begins to lose focus. He began to lose focus. Then he now thought that he can do whatever he can do. If you look at the setup of Israel, like uh, brother, um, brother Kenneth was sharing in the last workers' prayer meeting, saying that everyone was giving according to their capacity. 
Here we have division of labor, we can call it. We have praise and worship. We have pastoral team. We have council of elders. We have various ministry. I can't come out tomorrow and say, I want to sing here. I don't belong to that. If I see myself that I'm coming to sing here, then I'm just like King Uzzah. And that's exactly what happened to King Uzzah. He, he thought now, he has arrived. He can go to, to the altar to, do, to burn the offering. Now he's going beyond his boundary. He was going, when he was going beyond his boundary, somewhere there we read that uh, the priest, the priest, they were trying to stop him. When I was going through this, I just imagined that somebody like uh, um, um, somebody like I'm trying to see a, a president in the world that is authoritarian now. Okay, maybe I, I use Obama because let me use Obama. Let's say Obama wanted to, Obama is planning to go somewhere. Can anyone stop him? No one can stop him. If he decides that I'm going in there, if he's going, the SSS, the military people, the security that we surround him is enough for no one to stop him. So can you imagine as mighty as King Uzziah was when he was going? Eighty priests wanted to stop him. Three hundred and seven thousand able men. Not just ordinary men. Able men. Okay? Now, he's going into that temple to offer the, to burn the offering. Then, just eighty people came. They want to stop him. The security will even push them aside. Because I, I believe that in that time also, these leaders, they will have this kind of setup as well. So, you could imagine what will be going on that time. They were trying to stop him. How many people can do that today? How many people that can do that, that they want to stop the... Maybe someone is trying to commit what is not right. People will pretend as if they are not seeing him. They will pretend. So, the... The men of God, they were trying to correct him. Because even an educated person in Israel that time knew that this uh, burn, burning of incense or offering belonged to certain family, Aaron's family. As a king over them, he should also know that these are the people set aside to do it. But he believed that he was too close to God. That he was too close to God. He can do whatever he wish. So today, brethren, where are those areas you feel that you are going beyond your boundary? It might not be open to you. You may not know. But someone will know. If they are trying to correct you, are you trying to take to correction? Are you not allowing your achievement? To override you. I tell you another short story. One brother, he, he was trying to tell his friend that uh, he has been made the vice president 
of his company. He should, he, he, he should have told his friend when they were together. He wait for others to come so that he can show others that, uh, yes, I've been made vice president of my company in order to, to, to bring down his friend. So he told them, he told his friend, look, I've been made vice president of my company. Everybody clap. Say, that is what I'm telling you. You need to work hard. If you work hard, they will make you vice president. Then this friend thought for a while, eh? What do you mean by vice president? Even though I work in a supermarket, we have so many vice presidents in my supermarket where I work. He said, what do you mean? He said, in every section we have vice president. Even in the, in the packaging unit, we have vice president. He said, okay, I'm going to call that your supermarket to find out what you are saying, whether it's true. Then he made a phone call. He said, please, can I talk to the vice president of uh, packaging section? Then the voice at the other side said, are you, do you want to talk to the plastic or the paper package? <laughs> so you, you can see what pride can do. Praise the Lord. Brethren, to God be the glory. Wherever you find yourself today, it is not by your making. I'm standing here today, it is not by my making. It is God. It's Him. He does what He wants. Anytime, no one can take it away. Whatever God has destined for you, surely it will come to pass. But don't allow your achievement to deprive you of what God asks for you. Praise the Lord. The third point that King Uzziah didn't understand is that God gives His grace to humble. Last week, Brother Claudio was telling us about conflict and humbling in the James 4. James 4, 6 to 7. I read from here. It says, God opposes the proud. He gives grace to humble. That is just to summarize it. Humility itself is not just about being, bringing yourself too low. Don't see what people will be saying. That, okay, you have brought yourself down. You maybe, um, Brother Claudio was telling us one story that uh, someone, he, an old man used to come to a, 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 a place, like, let's say somewhere like Lulu. Each time he's coming to wash toilet in that place. Then one of the workers there said, this man that is always coming here to wash toilet, why can't he stay in his house? Then, the, the, one of them said, you see that man is the owner of this place. The man was the owner of that same supermarket where you work. But because the man wants to serve, he's still coming to wash the toilet and go. So don't look at people washing toilet in Lulu as if uh, they are not being made by God. We are only privileged to have what we have. Praise the Lord. So pride can deprive us of what is due for us. 
Jesus warned us against exalting ourselves. If you look at, we are not going to that, Luke 14, 7 to 11. When he was speaking against the obvious pride and self-centered of the Pharisees. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humble. And he who humble himself shall be exalted. Praise the Lord. In, in close, I will tell you about uh, a king of um, United Kingdom. I can't remember the exact year, but I will tell you, this king, he was so powerful and he was very godly. During his reign, people often come to him and flatter him with extravagant praises of his greatness. A point he, he grew tired of this. He used to tell them, please, please, whatever achievement I've made is not me, it's God. They, they said, no, you have achieved. Then he decided that, okay, I'm going to show you I don't have control over what you thought I have control. He asked them to take his, uh, his chair, that is his royal chair, to the seashore. They took it there. Then he, he placed it right in front of the wave. He said, okay, if you say that I've achieved this and I say this is happening, it means I will tell the Wave to stop. It must not come to me. Then he sat down. People surrounded him. He commanded the wave to stop. The more he said it, the more the wave is coming. So the king now said, can you see? When you are praising me, you need to praise God. Only God can say, this wave stop. And it will stop. Praise the Lord. And you know what the king did? When he was going, he went straight to the church. And hung his crown to the cross. So today, what is that in your life that is making you to be too proud? You need to take it to Jesus. Hang it on him. Put it on him. Let, it, let him carry it for you. When you allow that, God will take care of your life. Today you may need to make that decision. Today you may need to turn your crown over to Jesus and let him have his way in his life. As you are sitting down, brethren, you are going to tell God you understand that area where you have been seeing yourself too big. You understand that area where you see yourself that you are too proud. So begin to tell God that God Take this body, because it's a body, take it away from me. Begin to tell God. Continue talking to God. Continue looking at your own life. God has been giving us some instructions. God has been talking to us. And he's been telling us that we need to correct ourselves. It's many of us. 
James 4 verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. It is He who will lift us up. It's not the boss in your office. It's not anybody around here who can lift you up. Humble yourself. God has been giving us instructions. Are we attentive to the voice of the Lord? Are we prepared to listen to what He has to say to us? Proverbs 12 verse 1 says this, Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Hard-hitting words, but do they apply to you and to me? I'm asking myself these questions. Whoever loves instruction, and God gives us instruction, loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. Turn to the Lord. Seek the Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord. Once again, you have given us instruction, Lord. You have given us a direction for our life, Lord. You have been so mindful and so desire of us, of us doing well, Lord, that you keep giving us instructions for daily living, Lord, Father. And today you have told us, Lord, that pride goes before the fall. Father God, I pray, Lord, that from every one of us, burn out that pride, Lord, Father. Help us to humble ourselves in your presence. Not to go and fall prostrate before man, but just to humble ourselves before you, Lord Father. Not physically, Lord Father, but truly from our inner person, Lord Father, that we will learn to humble ourselves in your presence. That we will learn to live lives that are humble. Not be proud of things around us, Lord Father. Father God, you have blessed us with so many things, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that we will not let pride go to our hearts. Father God, thank you, Lord, that you have chosen to teach us again today, Lord, the need to follow your directions and instructions. And I pray, Lord, Father God, that none of us here will be so stupid that we refuse to listen to your instructions, Lord. Help us, Lord, to understand the depth of the knowledge that you have for us, Lord. Help us to activate it in our lives and help us to walk as righteous people, Lord. We give all praise, honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Father God, we also ask, Lord, that you continue to anoint your servant whom you have used this day. Bless him and his family, Lord Father. That you will continue to give him words of wisdom that he will bring across to us. That we will be encouraged as we listen to what you tell us through him, Lord. We give glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we share the grace? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us 
all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as you move out. Please do remember, do not crowd outside. Keep moving. Keep walking away. Newcomers, ushers, please do help the newcomers as they move backwards.